everybody, and welcome again to Zion Hill Bible Study Online. I really appreciate you joining me today. It's fun to study the Word of God. The last time I talked with you, I told you we're going to study the entire Bible, book by book. If you recall, the last few weeks we've talked about the book of Genesis. Guess what we're doing today? We're going to begin the study of the book of Exodus. In case you miss it, Exodus is the second book of the Bible. One thing I love about the Word of God is that the first book is connected to the second one. And so you can really make sense out of reading the Word of God. If you recall when we discussed about Genesis, we said to you there were two parts of that book. The first part is God creating the world and how he created a garden and put human beings in that garden to tend to the whole earth and make it better. And if you recall, human beings messed up. And then God tried to redeem the whole earth he found another gentleman by the name Noah. If you remember, God was so upset, he destroyed the whole earth by flood. But he saved Noah and his family. It's a blessing, isn't it? And then we find the whole earth, as big, as wide this planet is, occupied by one family. Unfortunately, Noah messed up again, too. And then God never gave up on the planet. So this time he decided to have another opportunity to redeem the earth through a person by the name Abraham. And if you remember when we discussed the book of Genesis, I told you Abraham had two kids. Their names is Isaac and Ishmael, God pronounced blessings upon Abraham and he passed it to Isaac. Now, if you recall, I told you also that Isaac also have two kids. The name of his own children was Esau and Jacob. Again, you see the game plan of God. He passed the blessing from Abraham to Isaac and from Isaac to Jacob. And then I told you that Jacob had 12 kids. Man, the brother was busy, isn't he? <laughs> so, then one of those kids named Joseph, whom the father loved so much, he was sold into slavery. And he ended up in the country of Egypt. Egypt is in Africa. And of course, once he was sold, everybody forgot about him. But through God's defined plan, Joseph became famous in Egypt. Can you believe it? The stone that the, the building rejected turned out to be the chief cornerstone. Joseph dreamed a dream, and he also interpreted the dream of the king of Egypt, Pharaoh, and he was promoted to become second in command 
through Joseph, ladies and gentlemen, you remember the story. God saved the whole country of Egypt, and Egypt had storage of food. So at some point there was famine on earth. Everybody was scratching for food. Guess where they have to go? To Egypt. Why do they have to go to Egypt? Because Joseph had a dream, and Joseph was able to preserve the, the food of Egypt to feed the whole nation and to feed several other nations. Now, you will recall, Israel came to Egypt just like any other person looking for food, but they did not know that their own son that was sold to slavery many years ago, God has promoted him in this foreign country, and now he is the same person that God will use to feed them. The story was so remarkable, but there's a lot of spiritual lessons there. Now, you will remember that Joseph not only took care of his people from Israel, eventually he invited his daddy, Mr. Jacob, and all of his brothers and their family to relocate from Israel to Egypt. And that's how the Israelites moved to Egypt. There were 70 of them that moved. Then when they got to Egypt, they were thriving. God was blessing them. After all, their homeboy is the second in command for the whole country. They were well taken care of. They were doing good. But just like any other person, eventually the king, Pharaoh, died. Eventually, Joseph died. His father died. His brothers died. Everybody died. But all their descendants were still in Egypt. You say, what's the big deal about that? Now, we are in the book of Exodus. Guess what happened? The book of Exodus, too, can be divided into two parts. The first part is these Israelites in Egypt. What happened to them while they were in Egypt? The second part is these Israelites in Mansana. At some point, God allowed them to escape from Egypt, and they were heading to the promised land, and they found themselves at Mansana. Today, I'm going to focus on the first part of the book of Exodus. What happened to them while they were in Egypt? Well, here's what happened. I told you Pharaoh died, and there's now a new Pharaoh. The Bible noticed on record that the Israelites, they were fruitful. They were multiplying. God was blessing them. By the way, that shouldn't be a surprise. You know why I say that? If you remember way back in the Garden of Eden, God blessed Adam. Guess what he pronounced blessing on him? Be fruitful. Multiply. Subdue. Replenish the earth. Dominate the earth. So that same blessing, once God pronounced a blessing on you, no devil can cancel that in your life. So that blessing was still upon the Israelites. If you recall, he pronounced the same blessing on Noah. 
If you recall, he pronounced the same blessing on Abraham. So these Israelites were children of Abraham in Egypt. So guess what's happening to them? They were fruitful. They were multiplying. They were replenished the heart. They were doing well. I can stop there and preach to you and me. You know the lesson we can learn from that? When God says something, it will come to pass. Maybe you're hearing me this evening, and you've heard from God. And God has promised you you're going to be fruitful. Or maybe God promised you you're going to be happily married, raising your own children, being a blessing to your generation. Maybe some other things God have told you. I remember in my own life many times how God would tell me stuff. Sometimes in my dreams. Sometimes in broad daylight. The good news is that when God tells you something, he keeps his word. The book of Numbers put it this way. He said, God is not a man that he should lie. It's not like you are made that you flip for flow from time to time. When he says something, he will do it. When God makes a promise, he will make it good. Hallelujah. I feel like shouting already. So you see all these Jewish brothers and sisters in a foreign country just doing well. I can relate to them. And the Lord blessed them. But here's the problem. The new Pharaoh, you would think he will rejoice with the Jewish people, with the Israelites, that God is blessing them, that they are multiplying. No, he saw them as a threat. There's a lesson there. Be careful when God is blessing you. You'll be surprised there are some player haters out there. They're not happy when you're blessed. They're not happy when you get promoted on your job. If you're a sister, the Lord bless you with a good husband, you would think everybody would be happy for you, isn't it? But no, those player haters, they pick issue on just about everything. When your children are doing so good, they roll their eyes. When the Lord promotes you on your job, or the Lord bless you with a new car, they still have an attitude. That's what is going on with Pharaoh here. He saw those Israelites, those Jewish people, as a threat. Guess what he did? This is the beginning of the book of Exodus. He enslaved them. Now, if you ever heard about the Israelites were, were slaves in Egypt, that's how it started. He, is, he turned all of them confiscate their properties and make every one of them become slaves. Guess what else he did? You won't believe this is the first part of Exodus, chapter 1 to chapter 5. Then he ordered his soldiers and his law enforcement to catch every male child of the Jews and kill them and, and drown them in the river Nile. Can you imagine? In his own mind, these Jewish people are becoming too many. We've got to stop them. They're making too many babies. 
So let's kill all their boys. And that's exactly what, what happened. He was taking innocent blood. Let me appeal to every one of us there. Don't be a part of any mess. Don't be a player hater. Life is too short to be hating on people. If God is blessing somebody, just be happy for them. Hallelujah. If somebody get a new house, hallelujah. Rejoice with that somebody. If a sister is blessed with a good husband, glory be to God. If somebody get a new dress, happy, hallelujah, thank you. You look good, my brother, or you look good, my sister. You know why you should be happy when God is blessing somebody else? It's very simple. The Bible says there is no secret what God can do. What he's done for somebody, guess what? He'll do it for you also. I've tried it myself. I learned to rejoice with other pastors when they're blessed. When their church is doing something good, I rejoice with them. And guess what God does in turn? He blesses my own church also. Iron sharpens iron. You should be happy for people. On your job, be happy for people. In your family, be happy for people. In your community, be happy. Right in your church, if you see anybody, you notice people being blessed, just rejoice with them. Don't be like this Pharaoh fellow. He was killing people's children and drowning little babies. What on earth do the babies do? He was drowning all of them in River Nile. Then the Bible records in the book of Exodus, chapter 4 and 5, you see, here comes a young female, a Jewish female. She had her own baby. And she didn't want Pharaoh to know about it. So she was hiding her baby. You know why she was hiding her baby? Because she knew if the government of Pharaoh found out that she had a baby, that baby would be drowned like everybody else. The Bible says she was able to hide this baby for a good length of time. But after a period of time, it was no longer possible to hide the baby. You know, little baby, they cry too much. So this woman knew we got a problem. The baby could no longer be hidden. So she wrapped that baby up. I told you the Bible is very fun. It's so, so, so entertaining. She wrapped that baby up and put the baby in a basket and then took the baby to River Nile and then puts the baby on the water. There's a lot of lessons there that I can share with you from theological standpoint. See, preachers, we just don't read the Bible. God revealed messages to us from reading that Bible. One thing I don't want you to miss, notice that there comes a time when that baby could no longer be hidden. There's a message there for you who is in any form of ministry. You know how people, new ministers, they go about working so hard, trying to network, trying to find somebody to get to know them. Let me tell you one thing. If you are truly called by God, 
there will come a time when you can no longer be hidden. Your gift will be discovered. Your talent will be celebrated. If you're good, if you're, just imagine, if you're good playing football, somebody will discover you. It's just a matter of time. You don't have to join no clique. You don't have to kiss up to nobody. You don't have to try to be in some little club. There will come a time, just like that baby, there will come a time when your gifting can no longer be hidden. I'm working with some brothers and sisters here in the studio with me. Guess what? They've been in the church for a long time. Nobody knew them. But guess what? At some point, their talents, their gift has been discovered. That's just the way it is in the spirit world. I remember when I came to this country, nobody knew me. I had a bicycle. I'd be riding back and forth from Riverside, California to San Bernardino. Nobody heard of my name. But if you are anointed, if God called you, believe me when I tell you, there will come a time when nobody can hide you anymore. You will arise and you will shine. Receive that by faith today. In Jesus' name. Let me tell you another lesson we can learn from that. When that little baby was wrapped by his mama, and he was pulled on river now. Guess what's in the river? Snakes, <laughs> crocodiles, alligators. But isn't it amazing that all of that wickedness in the water, all of those animals that can kill you, but that baby was floating on top of all those hazards. You know my prayer for you this evening? That God will enable you to float above all your trouble. One of the things that keep me going every day as a man of God, I never wake up worrying about he say, she say, they say, what they think about me. I just know in my knowing, when God is for you, no devil hell can be against you. This baby was floating on top of everything that could have killed him. Wow. <laughs> you talk about being blessed. And I'll tell you another thing. I get excited when I'm talking about the word of God. The Bible said while that baby was floating innocently on top of that water, guess who discovered him? One of the daughters of Pharaoh. The king of Egypt. Hey, you know how young ladies are. She saw baby and said, oh, that is so cute. And then she said, oh, whose baby is this? And then she discovered the little baby is one of those Jewish kids. Because she is the daughter of the president or the king of the country. She said, no. I'm going to get me a nurse to take care of this child. I'm going to adopt this child. Guess what? Instead of the police and the military killing that baby, that baby was saved. That baby was raised in the richest family of his days. That baby was named Moses. You ever heard of Moses? 
That's the baby. <laughs> it's amazing. When God has a plan for your life, no devil can derail it. You don't have to worry about what if this, what if that, what I'm amazed how so many people you are so so you're freaking out over nothing. If God be for you, tell me who can be against you. Receive that anointing today. Here is a child, a baby, helpless. But because God is with him, not only is his life saved, he ended up being raised in the palace. He ended up being fed and blessed by the very enemies that killing his people. Don't tell me what God cannot do for you. When God's got your back, he will see you through any crisis of your life. Maybe as you're listening to me right now, maybe there's some concern in your life. Maybe there are situations you're dealing with that is not so normal. Maybe your circumstance is not the best. You know what I would advise you? Just like that little baby, helpless, had no help, had no gun, nothing, cannot even defend himself. But God in heaven protected him and led him into the right place at the right time he end up enjoying the favor of God. All of his other people, they're slaves in the country. But he was raised as a prince in Pharaoh's house. Wow. Isn't that amazing? When God makes your enemy pay your bill. <laughs> Don't make me testify. It's amazing what God can do in the life of Christians. All you need to do is turn your heart over to him. Let him be your savior. Let him be your Lord. When you get up in the morning, say, Lord, I thank you for another day. Your future is not in the hand of any man. Your future is not in the hand of any government. God is your provider. He's not your employer. I love my employers. I thank God for the opportunity to work for them, but they don't feed me. God is my source. God is your source. God is big enough to pay your bills. In fact, God has a way of preparing a table before you in the presence of your enemy. <laughs> With this little baby, what you see is that not only did God prof provided a table before him in the presence of his enemies, God made the enemies pay the bills. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're talking about our testimony. And then that baby grew up, and the amazing thing in the book of Exodus is that at some point, God appeared to that same young man. He grew up, he became a man. One day, God appeared to him, and he saw the bush burning, but not consumed. What most people call the burning bush. Got his attention. He got scared. God spoke to me and said, Hey, Moses, take off your shoe, boy. You know where you are? That's a holy ground. Wow. He was shaking. And then God commissioned him. He said, My man, 
There's a reason why I saved your life. There's a reason why you're still alive today. I'm going to commission you to be a deliverer. I've heard the cries of your people. I've seen their suffering in Egypt. Now I want to send you, 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 to go before King Pharaoh and tell old Pharaoh, let my people go. I cannot let that pass by without pointing out some serious revelation. Did you know that God wants to use you? Moses didn't have no special theological degree. Moses was not some big time preacher hooping and hollow with all the bling 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 in his hand. He was just a, an ordinary brother. You know what I'm trying to tell you? God can use you. Expect God to do great things in your life. He may not send you to Pharaoh in Egypt, but right where you are, he can use you on your job. He can use you in your neighborhood. He can use you in your family. There's no telling. God is looking for somebody that he can use for his own glory. God empowered this man, and he went before Pharaoh. I tell you, the first time he met with Pharaoh, it was not a good meeting. He told Pharaoh what God told him. And he said, Pharaoh, you have to let the people of Israel go. Pharaoh got mad. Who on earth are you? What God would dare tell me? to release my slaves. Guess what Pharaoh did? Instead of releasing those Jewish people, he hardened his heart. He toughened up. Some of them used to work about eight hours a day. He doubled their workload. He made them make bricks with bare hands. Instead of being nice to them, he become more mean and hateful. Say, what God? Who on earth will tell me, you idiot? What God sent you to tell me? So, guess what God did? God sent some plague. I can stop there and preach, you know, because right now we're dealing with a plague called coronavirus. It is a plague. It's nothing new. It amazes me how the Bible is so relevant today. We're dealing with just one plague, and we're freaking out. <laughs> You'd be amazed how many people just losing it because they have to stay at home. They have to wash their hands. They can't go to work, and some people got sick. Some people even that, and it's a, it's a big inconvenience to all of us. I will be the first to admit that. But God sent five plagues, five, against Egypt. That country was faced with five. It was a horrible situation. You talk about shutting down the whole government, the whole nation of Egypt was shut down. And you would think that Pharaoh would have enough sense to just repent and ask God to forgive him. I'm amazed some folks in government, their brain just, uh, just make me wonder why, why on earth, how can somebody be so stubborn? 
Will you believe he refused to let the people of Israel go? Despite all those plagues, can you imagine a nation having COVID-19, five different forms of it, all at one time? You know there's a lesson there. Some of you, you were raised in a Christian home. Some of you, your mama raised you to love God, to fear God, to go to church and reference God. Some of you, your daddy was, was an officer in the house of God. But many of you, you've just turned away from God. You just ignored all those principles that you were raised with. Let me warn you, your hand is too short to box with God. That's what Pharaoh found out. He thought he can do what he wants and no God can stop him. Moses told him, gave him several opportunities. God sent me to tell you, let the people go so that your country can survive. I hope some, some governors and mayors and presidents are listening to me. Don't be too hard-headed. And not just government officials, even you and me. How can you be raised in the church and now you don't go to church? How can mommy and dad pray over you? To get to where you are now, but now you're, you, you're practicing social distancing from the house of God. <laughs> Your hand, my friend, is too short to box with God. I wish I could testify sometime. See, the Lord helped me to come to this country. And at some point I thought, hey, I don't need God anymore. I'm not in America. I got all these degrees. I'm a licensed attorney. I'm licensed to practice in Louisiana and practice in Arkansas and practice in Oklahoma. I just, I say, I'm a big time and I don't need God. I don't need no church. But guess what I found out? My hands are too short to box with God. My friend, you need God in your life. I need God in my life. You and me need God. When you get so big that you don't see the need to pray, that you don't see the need to read the word of God, that you don't see the need to go to church, you have become too big. Pharaoh refused to change his mind. After five different plagues, guess what God did? Let's say I'm going to teach this person real lesson. God sent another five plagues. By the way, I can, I can preach on the theology of five. There's a reason why God sent five first. Numbers have many. <laughs> There's a reason why he didn't send two at a time. But for the sake of time, let me just move on to tell you. These last five plagues, finally did it. In fact, the last plague that God sent to Pharaoh, he killed all of his firstborn. All the firstborn of Egypt were killed. 
Well, you might be saying, why? That's so mean. Why would God do such a thing? Hey, time out. Listen. You will recall that Pharaoh, guess what he did to all the firstborn of the Israelites? He killed them. He was drowning them in, in the Nile. When you mess with a child of God, there's a lesson there. When you mess with a child of God, guess what God will do? God will come back and get you. There's a reason why the Bible says, touch not my anointing and do my prophets no harm. That, that passage is not just for preachers. Every child of God is precious in the sight of God. When Pharaoh began to kill those innocent kids, God would not let nobody get away with that. Be careful what you do with other people. Don't take advantage of any child. Don't molest any child. Don't abuse any human being. Not just children, even adults. Because every one of those people are God's children. And when you mess with God's children, good luck to <laughs> God showed up in the middle of the night and killed every first child, every firstborn of the Egyptians. Guess what he did? Even to Pharaoh. Pharaoh has his own firstborn living in palace. But the angel of death did not spare him either. God killed and knocked out his own son, firstborn. What about the Israelites? I'm glad you asked. This is what makes the Bible so interesting. Guess what? God told the Israelites. He said, tonight I'm going to pass through the neighborhood. I'm going to pass through the country. I want you all to Get a lamb. Every household, get a lamb. Sacrifice that lamb. Kill that lamb. Then take the blood and sprinkle it on your doorpost. Then God said, when I come by, when I send my angels to come by, when that angel see the blood, he will pass over you. You probably have heard from my Jewish brothers and sisters the term, Passover. They're still doing it every year now to remember what God did for them way back then, thousands of years ago. Guess what happened? Late at night, just like God said, the angel of death passed through the land, killed every firstborn in any house that did not have the blood on their doorpost. Whoa! There's a lesson there. God said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. That revelation is still true today. Jesus Christ is the lamp of God. And when you have his blood in your life, guess what? No devil can touch you. People sometimes ask me, Pastor, why are you so sure? You move around freely, and you you never stop. You come to office every day. You do your work. It's just another day in the neighborhood. Don't you hear about coronavirus? Don't you hear about all the dangers? Uh, the Bible said. 
I tell you, I feel good right now. The Bible says, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. You don't have to be stupid. You don't have to be careless. I don't go out there looking for coronavirus. Come, come get me. That's stupid. I wash my hands. I just saw some of my staff here. I even encouraged them to get a mask. There's nothing wrong with that. Yes. We should be washing our hands anyway. <laughs> you can tell I'm enjoying myself doing this. But there is something about the blood of Jesus Christ. You can wash your hands 24 hours. I commend you for that. For the, except God protect you, a million souls cannot save you. You can't even see those who have coronavirus anyway. The doctors don't know. The government don't know. That's why they say we're fighting an invisible war. Oh, I'm so glad today. Coronavirus may be invisible to you and me, but nothing is hidden from our God. I pray that God will protect you. I pray that God will cover you. I pray that God will build an edge of protection around your house, around your family, around your children, even those who are not in town. Guess what happened in Egypt? The angel of death passed through the land and not one Jewish child died. You know what makes the difference? The blood on their doorposts. Let me ask you this question. Is the blood of Jesus on your doorposts? Is the blood of Jesus a covering for your life right now? Well, you might say, how can that be? Do I need to go kill some goats or anything? No. You need to invite Jesus Christ to come to your heart. You need to recognize that without God, you can do absolutely nothing. That's true for me too, by the way. The best thing I ever did in my own life is not all my accomplishments. I mean, the brother is blessed. Keys to city. God, I got so many certificates from all this city. I had to put them in storage. <laughs> but you know what? I found out none of that matters. The most important thing that ever happened to me is not my education. It's not my accomplishment. It's the blood of Jesus. I want to encourage you today. Invite him to come into your heart. Ask him to forgive you. And he would do just that. I wasn't always right myself, you know. I was just as messed up as everybody else. But there comes a time when you realize there is a God who created heaven and earth, who can save you, who can redeem you, who can forgive you, who can give you a brand new life. My friend, make him your Lord today and your life will never be the same again. Guess what happened? When Pharaoh saw the death of so many people in his land, he said, oh no, let those Jewish leave. Let them go. By the way, that is where the term Exodus come from. Because the people of Israel, they 
exit the nation of Egypt. So the idea of exiting that nation is a mass exodus. That's where the title of the book comes from. Now they were free. And I pray that you will experience an exodus in your life. Maybe you are addicted to drugs. Maybe you are addicted to pornography. Maybe you are addicted to gambling or whatever. Alcohol, name it. Do you know that God can get you free and give you an exodus? That you'll be completely delivered from it. That's the kind of God we serve. I pray the God of Exodus will manifest his power in your life. That whatever has been holding you bondage, whatever Pharaoh has been oppressing you and keeping you down, whatever addiction that's been tormenting your soul, I pray for an exit, an exodus in your life. That God will free you. The power of the Holy Spirit will set you free. In the name of Jesus Christ. Let me end this lesson by sharing with you. That beginning from chapter 16 of Exodus. That's what I've been walking you through. Between chapter 16 and chapter 18. The Israelites now found themselves walking free. They were in the wilderness going to their promised land. And the Bible said they got hungry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what? I suspected those people are black folks. <laughs> I can't help it. They got hungry. Guess what they decided to do? They start whining. They start murmuring. They start complaining. They blame God. Can you imagine? The same God that set them free, they blame him. They blame Moses. Why do you bring us into this wilderness in the middle of nowhere? We're better off to stay in Egypt as slaves. At least we get food over there. Now you're going to make all of us die. They just go one and all. You know, can I be honest with you? I enjoy pastoring. I love leading God's people. I can't stand spirit of murmuring, complaining. I just, I just want this to, I can't say like I feel. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? Don't allow a spirit of murmuring and complaining and whining. Just thank God for another day. There are many people who have died. You're not better than them. I'm not better than them. I'm not alive today because I'm so holy, every day should be a day of thanksgiving. Thank God for your life. Thank God for your family. They may not be the perfect family, but thank God. Thank God for your wife. Hallelujah anyhow. Thank God for your husband. You say, Pastor, you don't even know my husband. You are right, but you marry him. <laughs> but just be thankful. Thankful. God can change anybody. If God could change Pharaoh, you know everybody got a chance. Be thankful. God was so merciful. God fed all those people. He fed them with manna from above. You know, that may sound too deep. Basically, it was hamburger dropping from the sky. 
Whoa. We talk about miracles. He fed them. They were in the middle of the desert. He made water came out of the rock. So many miracles he did for them. Well, let me encourage you, my friend. Stop whining. Stop complaining. Stop murmuring. And be thankful. The conclusion of this part of the book of Exodus, we're now in the middle of the chapter. The next time, we're going to begin from chapter 19 all the way to chapter 40. The last part of this first part is the showdown between God and Pharaoh. You say, what are you talking about? You see, Pharaoh, after he let the people of Israel go, he changed his mind. He said, wait a minute. These people, they've killed all my firstborn. These people, they, they attack my country with all the plague. And now they are free. And then they take all the silver and gold of, of Egypt with them. So he called the military. He said, look, let's go and chase them down and make all of them return back and start working as slaves again. That's what caused the showdown. And then the people of Israel, the Bible said, in front of them is the Red Sea, you know. Behind them is Pharaoh coming. But guess what? By the grace of God, the people of God walked free on dry ground. Pharaoh thought he could do the same thing. And when he stepped into the same highway that the Israelites walked through, all of his army was consumed by water. You know what I will tell you? Don't mess with children of God. Do your best to do the right thing. Stop murmuring. Stop complaining. Be thankful. And if you're going through any difficulty right now, know that God has not forsaken you. God has a heart for those who are oppressed. God will set you free. God will come see about you. God will send an angel into your life to make things happen for you. No matter what you're going through, be encouraged. God is still on the throne. God bless you until we meet again. Thank you for watching. I'll see you the same time next week. Adios.